You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Welcome into another Three Maw Pod. We're going to do something a little bit differently here, guys. It's Cole, your host, and uh, I'm going to be joined by DY in just a minute. We recorded an instant reaction last night to um, to K State's overtime win, seventy three to seventy over Providence to advance to the championship game on Sunday in the Baja Mar tournament against Miami, twelfth ranked Miami. And uh, we recorded this instant reaction over on Patreon. We wanted to provide you guys some of that content. So um, patreon.com slash three maw is where it's at. But we're going to provide some of that here on KCSN as well. As a reminder, for just five bucks a month, you can get some bonus content that we have over at our Patreon page, just like this uh, that we recorded on Friday night, late in the night um, to get kind of an instant reaction. Includes post game shows, our Discord channel and numerous other uh, features that we have. And as a reminder, as we've said all along, nothing changes here on KCSN. We continue to plow through the content and provide you guys as much as we can over here and uh, appreciate everything that KCSN does for us. So uh, with that, I'm going to just tee it up. It's uh, DY and I recapping the Providence win, previewing Miami a little bit on Sunday. And uh, check out patreon.com slash stream offer for some bonus content as well. Appreciate all of you well as that support us over there and and on KCSN. So thank you guys. All right, I am emotionally taxed, and it's only Friday night heading into a monster K State weekend as Kansas State wins an overtime game, seventy three to seventy over Providence in the Baja Mar tournament in the Bahamas, and you know it uh, was a stressful, taxing game. We still got football tomorrow night against Kansas. And on Sunday, we got Kansas State playing in the championship game against Miami. Jerome Tang improves to 6-0 and in overtime games as the head coach of Kansas State. So a really impressive thing that doesn't feel like a fluke in D.Y. I guess maybe just your – I'll tee it up and give you the floor. Your initial takeaways from what you saw tonight in the overtime victory. Yeah, I'll just give the ones that I just wrote about. First, it was a grinder of a game. I said it would make Bruce Weber blush. It really would. That was the way that he preferred to win, not the way I preferred to win. But it's good when maybe that's not your comfort zone and you're still able to do it. Um, That was a physical game. It didn't involve open floor, three-pointer after three-pointer, speed and athleticism, fast breaks. It was more bring your shoulder pads and helmet and the toughest team is going to win. Fortunately, that was Kansas State. Um, And kind of, you know, something that is connected to that. Man, can you remember that many open looks for Kansas State? I I don't think it's a growing concern because they got plenty of open looks in the first three games against Bellarmine, South Dakota State, and USC. But it just felt like, I'm not sure that there was a wide open at least not more than four or five wide open shots on the entire night for Kansas State. Now, Providence didn't have that many either. That was just the way that the game unfolded. Um, but that's something to think about. Arthur Galuma, I thought, turned a corner. That's your guy. I know. Um, you stuck behind him and said it's going to figure itself out. <laughs> I was starting to get a little discouraged because, look, I'll be honest. Like For me, it's like sometimes you could tell when it's a good player going through a bad stretch. 
because you can still see some flashes. I just wanted to see a flash or two. We weren't really getting that. You had Jerome Tang saying, dude needs to buy in. Um, tonight, you saw the flashes. He scored 18 points on 10 shots. Now, I, I still think he's still figuring out what how this offense is supposed to work and what his fit is in that, as indicated by, I think, some of those offensive fouls on screens, I think, are because of poor timing, cohesion, and chemistry. Columbus coming to get the ball before the guy's set, right? So he's like trapping his dude into an offensive foul a little bit there on a moving screen. There's times I think where we were talking about like David Gasson has to take care of the ball, but he's throwing to David Gasson in a very difficult spot. You got to know what spot to give it to guys on the floor. I don't think he's there yet, but. He found his own individual game. We're talking about one-on-one ability. Just let your skill take over. Get a couple buckets to fall. You pointed this out on another on a football podcast about how I wrote about sometimes guys just need something good to happen. We've seen that with Keegan Johnson on the football field, Trayshawn Ward a little bit on the football field before those guys got going. I'm sure there's a few others that I'm not remembering. Maybe Carver Willis. And maybe tonight's that night for Arthur Kaluma just needs something good to happen. And now he's going to have it. And the last thing was perspective, right? And Kurtz loved this when I said it in our group chat and I brought it up. And I think it's the most powerful point of all tonight. This time last year, and I think people, because all we remember is the NCAA tournament run going to the Elite Eight, Marquise Noel having a terrific year, and McKeonte Johnson, both All-Americans, they don't remember the beginning of that journey. It was not the most rosy, right? They lost to Butler, a team that didn't have a winning record. And they didn't just lose to him, right? They got blown, their doors blown off by Butler. That team last year also won their multi-team event, the one that we're playing in now, just a different one, Thanksgiving tournament. But it took overtime against LSU, who was a terrible team last year, let's be honest. One of the worst high major clubs. They're still a bad basketball team. Um, Kansas State had to take them in overtime. Still won, hey, and they grew from it. But this Providence team that Kansas State just beat in overtime, I think you'll agree, far better than both LSU and Butler. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think it's the I think they're an NCAA tournament team based off what I saw. Now we do have to acknowledge they didn't have Pierre for much of the night. Their point guard Oduro, uh, who averages around eleven. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. It's a wash. It evens things out. And uh, I think you could argue that Quest Glover and Naquan Tomlin are more important than, you know, Pierre for Providence. Potentially, you're talking about a potential fringe lottery pick in the NBA draft and Naquan Tomlin. So hopefully they get him back soon. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Pierre's pretty important, but yeah. Yeah, no, anytime you lose your point guard, it's, it's a loss. So I, I do want to start with Kaluma because I think there were a lot of questions amongst the fan base about, you know, is, are, you know, did Kaluma miss the last game really because of knee injury, like Jerome Tang said, or was it attitude related? People wanted to know, and like, is he truly bought in? And I, I think to what you just said, like Arthur Kaluma just needed something good to happen. Like he's a new guy. He arrived early in the summer. And you want to feel a part of the team and the culture as a transfer. And I think he needed something good to happen. And and now maybe this was the buy-in moment for him to where his game takes off to another level because he was a huge contributor in a win. He was K-State's second leading scorer tonight. He scores 18 points in the game. 
He goes six of 10 from the floor. He goes three of four from three. He has seven rebounds. He played good defense. Um, you know, when he hit the huge monstrous three to put K-State up four in, uh, in overtime, 65 to 61, just at the top of the key early on in the shot clock and transition, you know, three of four from three in this game. Kaluma was such a huge piece. And the, the big thing to me is D.Y., he got three fouls in the first half, and he plays the rest of the game, including overtime, and doesn't get a foul. Um, so just being able to keep him on the floor was huge. In the overtime period, K-State went 4 of 4 from the floor and 7 of 9 from the free throw line. They scored 16 points on 10 possessions in overtime. And I was I was hard on David Gassan, D.Y., in the group text. Yeah, he was 0 of 1 from the floor or 0 of 2 in the regulation. Like He, he wasn't doing anything offensively. And in overtime, David Gasson gets six points on three of three shooting. And uh, K-State found him, and it looked more like what we saw from Gasson last year. He still year. has to be better. He be better. He's, he's a guy that's capable of being better than what he's shown. Yeah, I mean, Jerome Tang and the staff talked about in the offseason. You know, he started to shoot the three ball more. Like, right now, he's a guy that defenses just sag off of. And, you know, the rim runs to the paint aren't as affected because they're sagging off on him. Tyler Perry, oh, we got to give him his due, man. 24 points on just 4 of 11 shooting from the floor, 2 of 7 from 3. In fact, his first made 3 occurred, what, D.Y. with maybe like 10 minutes left in the in regulation? Uh, yeah, I mean, I had over two and a half threes, so I, so I missed that. <laughs> oh, man. But I uh, we go, but the guy's clutch. He's actually pulling up the stat sheet. I think like the last few games, you know, he's scoring at least 20 points basically every night, even when he's not shooting well. That's a sign of a really good player. But his rebounds and assists, right? Like, they're yeah, no, no, about, he's, yeah, he, I mean, he's essentially almost good for 25 and five every game at this point. He, uh, so let's see here. He scored over 20 in every game, right? Uh, no, he had 18 against Bellarmine. Uh, 22 against USC, 18 against Bellarmine, 22 against South Dakota State, 24 tonight against Providence. And to your point on filling up the stat sheet, he came into tonight averaging five rebounds and 5.3 assists per game. Uh, and uh, he had four rebounds tonight and three assists. So, yeah. And like, and, like Marquise Noel, closer at the free throw line, makes all 14 uh, of his free throws. That is nuts. I mean, K-State is so incredibly blessed right now to have clutch free throws shooters and Marquise Noel last year and Tyler Perry this year. Tyler Perry is now, let's see here, 16, 22. He has missed one free throw on the year, D.Y. He is 30 of 31 from the free throw line. Uh, and and I looked because I thought Marquise Noel maybe had a game last year where he went like 16 to 16 from the line because that Texas game, I just remember he kept in overtime, or not overtime, but down in Austin. He just kept drilling free throws. He went 12 to 12 from the line in that game. Marquise Noel never had a game last year where he hit 14 free throws. Um, and then the other thing with this game, D.Y., K-State got fouled on four different three-point attempts. One is a four-point play by Tyler Perry where he made the three. Arthur Kaluma got fouled on a three, made all three free throws. K-State fouled on four three-point attempts, goes 10 of, t- 10 of 10 from the free throw line, and 23 of 27 from the foul line in the game, 85%. Just such a huge factor in a close game. I will say something else that I think Tyler Perry delivers to this team that is pretty crucial, especially in a tight game like this. It goes in overtime. Um, easy, not not easy to fold, but like being able to recover, bounce back, um, respond to adversity, 
just stay even keel. That dude doesn't shake, man. Like, he is just calm, cool, collected, a cool customer. So is Cam Carter, really. Now, maybe they want one dude that has that fire. I don't know if we, if I can think of anyone that has that. It's a lot of calm dudes under pressure, which is a good thing. But maybe that one fiery dude, maybe it's Will McNair. I don't know. Maybe but, it's Day Day. Uh, maybe it's Day Day, D.Y., you know? I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, yeah. Which is funny. Uh, they get, just, they'll like come, not comment a whole lot on that because I don't think there was a nah. lot to it other than Day Day getting socked pretty good or maybe he ducked it. I don't know. But John Rosti of CBS, you know, he has these catchphrases for all the coaches. His one for Jerome Tang is Clubber Tang because of the movie Rocky. And he still said it after tonight's win, which was fitting because <laughs> he still had the day day punch. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a little funny. But no, I think Tyler Perry, there was a few weeks ago, and it's probably still under construction, so to speak. A few weeks ago, Jerome Tang says still taking applications in terms of leadership for this team. You know, at some point, I, I think you got to anoint Tyler Perry as that guy. Now he needs to earn it and earn it the way Jerome Tang wants him, but I think he's just perfect for that role. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, he was the first guy over there trying to get Day Day away, right? When that that happened, like just the awareness of the veteran guard. You know what? And no, actually, I think that was David Gasson, right? Oh, was it? Okay, all right. But you, what I will say is, one thing that I did love, and because that, that's Day Day, true freshman. Like I can understand him getting overwhelmed in a certain. And good job by Kim English and his staff by preventing that from escalating as well. They did a spectacular job. I loved man. Jerome Tang let it go, the side of a good coach, because he saw what was unfolding, and he wanted to let it unfold because this was a big moment for his team growing together. You had multiple Kansas State players there talking to Day Day immediately after that happened, probably mentoring him and how things, yes. how to uh, handle those situations. I think it was some tough love. That's what it looked like from all three of the, the ones I saw. David Gasson. Arthur Columa, and I believe, like you said, Tyler Perry. But you could tell there was some ownership from the players there doing their own instruction, their own mentoring, their own growth within the team for Data Ames in that situation. I thought, you know, small thing, probably didn't have an impact on that particular game. 
but the way the locker room comes together kind of handles that themselves. I like the way that it looked. Yeah, no, it looked good. And I, I agree with everything you said. And let, let's just on the day-to-day subject real quick, not about what happened there at the end, but he struggled some tonight. He goes, what, 2 or 12 from the floor. He has some turnovers, critical yeah, errors. Yeah, he, he did have a, a good game. but played, played like a true freshman, um, lost his head at times. Um, I think, you know, fell asleep a little bit on the defensive end at times. To be honest, the one thing that really needs to get better, probably in a hurry, is the two-pointer stuff, man, the the mid-range. And maybe that yeah. just – maybe it isn't. But, man, you can't be, you know, firing away nine, ten two-point jumpers and missing all of them. Well, I would also say to that point, D.Y., K-State as a team needs to get a little better at twos. 13 to 35 from two tonight, 37% from the floor. Get better at it or don't shoot them. <laughs> yeah, th- there were some frustrating moments there. I just wanted to say, because you talked about it off air with me before we hit record, Day-Day playing in games like this for meaningful minutes, because he played, what, 30, 35 minutes? He was out there a ton. I got you here. He played 36 minutes. 36 is yeah. what you're trying to get across. He was two of 12. By the way, only one of four from the three-point line. So we want one of eight from two-point range. That's just not good enough. Uh, a poor game from him. But what we're getting across here, still played 36 minutes in a very crucial game. And he's going, look, learn from winning, even when it doesn't look pretty. This is probably, of all the games, at least in his first few weeks, early stuff until now, I guess you get a, schedule in general that could be conducive for he's going to learn a lot and get a lot better because of this game yeah i also wanted to mention dy it and talking about tyler perry as a a playmaker steps up in big moments because he has that clutch factor right remember the stat like under five seconds last year he was lights out in games and hitting game tying or game winning shots this wasn't that late in the game but it felt like Providence had all the momentum, right? They were up 47-42. to 42. I think they were on a 9-0 run. It felt like it was slipping away from K-State. They come out of a timeout. K-State drum tank called a timeout. Tyler Perry buries a three to pull it within two. They force a Providence turnover. There's another media timeout. Tyler Perry comes out of that, hits a three, gets fouled, makes a four-point play, and take gives them the lead, 49-47. to 47. In the final eight, minutes of regulation Tyler Perry scored 11 of K-State's final 15 points DY and uh, you know he made the big plays to really shift the momentum in that game and then the other K-State didn't have outside of Tyler Perry DY they didn't make a field goal in the final eight minutes outside of Perry Arthur Kaluma went three of three at the free throw line fouled on a corner three and Day-Day Ames made one free throw Um, and I I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the K-State defense real quick this K-State holds Providence to 35% from the floor, 24 of 68. They hold him 5 of 22 from 3, 23%. How about this? Bryce Hopkins, first team, all Big East last year, 16 points, 8.5 rebounds per game. You know, another preseason first team, all Big East guy this year, returning, former near five-star recruit. Bryce Hopkins goes 2 of 15 from the floor, 10 points, 10 rebounds, but he could not convert. K-State's defense on him was really good. Yeah, um, fortunate you Pierre get her Oduro got yeah. hurt or Oduro fouled out. Fouled out. Eventually, he was in foul trouble. This, it was a really good defensive game. I mean, they shot thirty five percent from the field in general, twenty three percent from three. Like Kansas State, 
just not a lot of good looks. They missed some bunnings that they probably should have converted. Kansas State missed a couple, I'm yeah. sure, as well, if you go look back on it. Kansas State actually ends up, mainly because of the way Arthur Kaluma shot the ball, to be quite honest, and, and McNair hit, hit one to begin the game, shot 36% from three. You'll take that. Yeah. The negatives are 20 turnovers. That's too many. Um, they had 10 in the first half. They had 10 in overtime and rate second half of regulation. Um, you know, Payton and then yep, you had outscoring to paint in the second half 28 to 8 after doing pretty well in the first half. Yeah, and you give up 18 offensive rebounds against a not great offensive rebound team. I think they, I think it was uh Parker. That was eight. situational. Oh, yeah, the, you know, you're right. There were some really fluky bounces the Providence, and then got, the, right? The one was when there was a great call out of a timeout and Jerome Tate went zone, threw him off. It's hard yeah. to rebound out of the zone. Well, they got it. They got an offensive rebound when the dude clanked one off the side of the backboard too. So yeah, the offensive they, rebounds, they, they did get eighteen. That one just the way the game unfolded was a little fluky. And I and I said this in one of my uh, I think part of my previews coaching because I think I think Kim English is an excellent coach is going to have an excellent career and he's still figuring it out, but he's still more recruiter recruiter than coach. Now yeah. that's that's starting to even itself out. But I thought late games, other than the empty possessions there, what is 57-57, what I thought Jerome Tang could have probably you know, nursed his offense a little bit more there. Um, that almost cost you the game, right? You are you feel a little fortunate that you're going to take that into overtime with those empty possessions. I think it was two of them when it was tied at 57. Aside from that, though, you, you feel like Jerome Tang kind of outboxed Kim English a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree. I did not love, to your point, the last – minute or so offensively k-state the i got you wanted to let his guys make a play on the room because he could do that last year i just don't know that at least right now with this the way where this team is at that they are able to do that now maybe he feels like that's a growing pain that needs to happen yeah my only knock there was the one possession tyler perry does i don't there's not even a pass i think they had like they ran 25 seconds he gets blocked on a three and then the last possession i just thought they started too late like but I think, but, but I think he's wanting them to do more than what they actually did. Okay, yeah. Um, Devin Carter, six of sixteen from the floor for Providence. Yeah, he's he's a good athlete, man. He's a he's he's a talented player. Um, him and Hopkins though had eleven of Providence's fifteen turnovers, but that's probably because a lot of usage, right? A lot of pressure on those two to. I don't do think, a lot. and for at least at the moment, and it's probably the Kaluma Tang thing where they're figuring each other out. But Bryce Hopkins just he's not it right now. Now nah, he's struggling this year. He he, he came into the night. Before tonight. He was struggling before tonight. Um yeah. and then tonight the, he goes two at fifteen. The the little preview pod I posted today, DY that I did, I pointed out his efficiency numbers this year were down. He was only shooting thirty two percent from the floor. Worse tonight. Two at fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I think we all agree that Providence is a team that likely makes the NCAA tournament. They were 46th in Ken Palm. This very well could be K-State's best win, D.Y., in their, on the resume last year in the non-con. In terms of Ken Palm, final rankings was Nevada at 62. And I think and Providence I, probably finishes higher. Yeah, I even think Providence is better than that. And like I told you off air, I think Providence was better than anyone Kansas State had last year until they got the Big 12 play and played what the, that first few games when they knocked off Texas and Baylor back-to-back. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Okay, so let's look ahead real quick to Miami. Um, they play Miami now in the championship game. K-State's now 4-0 in a neutral court tournament, non-NCAA tournament game since the start of last year. 
Um, Miami's the number 12 team in the country. They're 40th in Ken Palm, but I think we all agree they're going to finish way higher than that. I mean, they're top 15 nationally ranked in all the polls. They went to the Final Four last year. They return a lot of key pieces. You look at Nigel Pack, obviously a career 41% three-point shooter. We know him all too well. They added Matthew Cleveland, a six foot seven small forward. Oh, he's he's yeah, he's a great player. He's a six seven small forward. He's been better at Miami than he was at Florida State. So that's something to be aware of. But I think where I would probably be the most concerned is Nor Chad O'Meara. Yeah, that it's a huge concern, DY. I was one, I couldn't remember how to pronounce his name, Omier. Uh, so I had his, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's just call out. He's got over a thousand rebounds in his career. He's a career, in his career, he's a fourth year guy. He's averaged 15 points per game and 11 rebounds per game. And he's six foot seven. So he's like, just like that low to the ground, forceful, strong, big. Um, it was really physical. He's averaging 15 and 11 this year, right in, right in line with his career numbers. He's a career 58% shooter from the floor, obviously a good finisher around the rim. And, um, you know, like you said, Matthew Cleveland, six foot seven, transfer from Florida State, averaging seven rebounds per game, 18 points per game, and shooting with some incredible efficiency. He's a really good player. And then, um, you know, we know Nigel Pack can shoot the heck out of the football. A guy that's really come on for them is shooting. Yeah, Poplar. Yeah, was it? Well, you said, you said Nigel Pack can shoot the heck out of the football. Well, you know, that's what I'd like to see happen on uh, Saturday or on Sunday. It's over last season, your wires. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm emotionally taxed, the wife from this game, <laughs> these damn overtime games. So stressful. Six and zero in overtime, though. That's pretty damn impressive. Um, the uh, anyways, Wuja Poplar, a six foot five junior guard for Miami Dy. He's now 16 and 27 from three on the year, 57%, and is uh, averaging. He came into today's game against Georgia, averaging 21 points per game. Uh, so they, they're they a good offensive team. They're 16th in Ken Palm offensively. They're 83rd defensively. I think Jim Laranega's trademark, they're not a great defensive team. In case they should be able to score some, but can you defend against them well enough? Here's the thing that I would normally be worried about, but I'm not going to be, and I'll tell you why. Cam Carter played 44 minutes and has to play less than 48 hours later. Tyler Perry played 41 minutes and has to play less than 48 hours later. Um, 36 for Day-Day, 35 for Arthur Kaluma. Um, everyone else is 30 or less, and you probably don't feel as concerned. Maybe you feel a little bit good because you can throw R.J. Jones out there in the next game. He only played seven minutes, and you know you can count on him a little bit. I'm a little surprised he didn't play more. Dave Gasson. Probably because he still needs to improve. Doesn't seem like he's in form for some reason. Only played 28 minutes. But you have two guys go over 40 minutes and you're playing less than 48 hours later. I would yeah. definitely be concerned. You know why I'm not? Because Miami, their biggest flaw is their bench. They're not deep at all. No, I think their they're top five guys are really their, their key guys. They don't really have much off the bench. No, they, uh, they, got, they got next to nothing off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Now they had a pretty lax game today against Georgia, but still, I... I think case it'll be okay. And hey, D.Y., I got to give you a chance to brag. Uh, so I'm just looking at our group text here, and, and Fan pointed out, I didn't realize this, you predicted 74-71 for a score tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I almost had it. <laughs> you got the spread exactly right, and you were off by one point for each side. Uh, now, did you have overtime, though? I don't think you had the dogfight of that. But, uh, but uh, that's, a, that's a pretty incredible prediction. Uh, 
gee, it seems like you get some things right every now and then. So uh, yeah, we're not too bad. I'm not uh, always wrong. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> excuse me. One thing I did want to point out, and I know you touched on it in a, in a previous Patreon pod already this week. I think this is our third one of the week. Yeah. So you all are getting your money's worth. Tell your friends. Tell your friends, folks. We appreciate you, but uh, yeah. let's spread the word. Yeah. Uh, the more you can help us, the more we can help you. The women, big big win on that would have been Thursday night, started this weekend by defeating the number two team in the country. Yeah. Iowa on the road. Um, they did it in regulations. So maybe they're better than the men. But the men come back. They defeat Providence in overtime. Um, a very significant win that's going to look good on a resume um, in a handful of months. Football team goes to, goes to KU. Hopefully they keep it up uh, on Saturday. The men come back and they play Sunday uh, against Miami. The women, I believe, play Sunday against Wisconsin yep. as well. So, um, And what will be a pretty big home game for them. So, And I think the volleyball team probably has a game in there as well or a match. So a good start, 2-0 and for the weekend, but there, there's a lot more damage that can be done by the Wildcats. Well, let's just keep the good vibes going. How about we have it be the polar opposite of the uh, couple weeks at weekends? That's, yeah. what, that's what I was thinking. And if you want to add on to it, you know, I'm not the biggest Chiefs fan. I know a lot of you are. The Chiefs have a big game for the Eagles on Monday night. Yeah, you know, I, I completely agree. Let's let's keep the momentum, the good vibes going. And you know what, D.Y., I uh, – just real quick on the Miami front, playing Miami, like one of the important things to me and winning tonight also, obviously Providence is the second best team that you could have played in this tournament. I, they're better than Georgia. So it's good for K-State to get that win. But second of all, by advancing to the championship, you play Miami who's the number 12 team in America and they're going to be a, probably a top 25 Ken Palm team at the end of the year, resume builder. Win or lose, it builds the strength of schedule. It's a better test, and it, it it helps you. Like it's better than the alternative of playing Providence and then Georgia from a strength of schedule format. Another quad one game, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be a quad one for sure. Quad yeah, one game, and you know you roll the dice, see what you can do. A, a loss doesn't hurt you. A win does is probably pretty incredible. So, uh, you know, this is big, um, a great opportunity for them. I probably won't pick them to win, but it kind of feels like you're playing with house money. Yeah, and you just you, you, the schedule you're playing: USC, now Providence, then Miami, and your first five games: South Dakota State, a good mid-major. I mean, you're really testing your team early on, and they're only going to be better for it down the stretch. Yeah. And you know, get that boost with Naquan Tomlin, with Quez Glover, you know, rejoining the roster eventually. 